Welcome to the BC Podcast, featuring a weekly message from Believer's Church in Warren, Ohio. For more information, visit www.believers.cc. We're really excited that you're with us. This is the weekend we celebrate the resurrection of Christ. You know, God sent His Son into the world. Think about that. He created the world. God sent Him into the world. He grew up. He faced every temptation, every hurt, every challenge that you and I face. And then when He came of age, they want to crown Him king. And He said, no, I came to die to set people free. And He died. We celebrated that on Good Friday. And then God raised Him up out of the grave. We're celebrating that this morning. And He made some powerful declarations. He said, whoever believes in me, whoever calls on my name, I'll rescue them. I'll give them hope. I'll change them. I'll wash them and make them clean before God. And so we're talking about that, celebrating that today. And I, I came up with a, a title for this lesson, and I just call it Cross the Line. We're going to talk about crossing lines. And I would think every one of us in this room, at one time or another in our life, we had to think about crossing the line. Some of them were negative. Some of them were positive. And, you know, you have that battle going on in your head, should I, shouldn't I? And I remember when I was a little guy, junior high, my brother Michael and I were just two years apart, so we kind of grew up together. I, I was two years ahead of him in school, and my dad used to make homemade wine. We called it Dago Red, and uh, he, he would make over 100 gallons a year, and he had this wine cellar with shelves, and he would place the wine into, you know, gallons, so there's just gallons. Think about 100 gallons plus, you know, all over the place, and I remember one uh, day my brother Michael and I were talking. We thought, you think dad would notice if we took one? And uh, we thought, we were not sure, and we had that little bag. We said, let's, let's cross that line. So we crossed the line. We stole one. We put it in the woods behind our house, and we'd go sip every now and then. And, and uh, Dad didn't notice. I want to tell you something. It's absolutely true. It was really easy the second time. Once you cross, it was easy to cross it the second time. And, and then one, one year, Dad's running low, and we can't take it now because there's like six or seven on the shelf. He has more in the barrel, but it's not in the bottles yet. And so we're like, we're running out. And we're in church one weekend. We grew up Catholic. I grew up at St. James Church uh, here, here in Warren. And Father Crumley was the priest in my junior high years. And um, one, one Sunday, Mike comes up to me. He said, Father Crumley left. He said, but I stood behind him when he opened the safe. He says, I know, I know the combination to the safe. He said, there's a bunch of bottles of wine in there. And, uh, and, and I looked at Mike. I said, but this is the house of God. You know, I said, you... You think God will care? He goes, I don't, I don't think God, I don't think God will care. And uh, so I watched Mike open that safe and we grabbed a bottle and, and we took that particular bottle out. And, and uh, then it was easy the next time to take another bottle, the next time take another bottle. By the way, Father Crumley and I are friends to this day. I did apologize to him uh, after I accepted Christ later on in my life and, and he laughed and he was just glad to see God was working in my life. And, uh, but that became easy. And, and I think any line you cross, it becomes easy the next time to cross and then the next time to cross. And it's amazing the positive lines that God asks us to cross, how we battle in our minds concerning those lines too. You know, many of you know my story, and I'll just give you a, just a really brief overview to catch everyone up, but there's a certain part of it I want to I talk to you about uh, at this moment. But my brother Tony and I owned this place. It was called the Still Valley Barbell Club, and it was full of bodybuilders and, and powerlifters. It was in Borman, right across from the Southern Park Mall. And, um, you know, there's this guy that came up. He asked me to train him. He was about 20 years older than me. His name was Lou. 
and he began to tell me about Jesus. At first, I made fun of him, but about three months into it, I was softening. One day, he called me. He said, turn the TV on. So I'm at the gym. I'm in the office, and usually that time of the day in the afternoon, it was full of people. There's not a person in the gym, so I, I didn't have anybody asking me to help them, or I wasn't training anyone. So I turned the TV on. I watched a one-hour show. No one walked in. Can you imagine that? At the end of the show, I knelt down, and I prayed, and I accepted Jesus. So then I called Lou. He has a business in Boardman, and I call him, and I said, guess what, Lou, I accepted Christ. I said, I said, I feel so good, and he's so excited on the other end. Then he said something to me that shocked me. He said, now here's what you have to do. The next thing you need to do is the first person you see, you need to tell him you accepted Jesus, and you love him, and you're following him. And I went silent on my end. I'm like, are you kidding? I'm like, so I said, Lou, I said, the guy that I prayed with said, all I have to do is believe and confess. And I said, I did that. That's all I have to do. Lou said, that is all you have to do to go to heaven. But he said, the next thing Jesus wants you to do is take it public. And I said, Lou, I don't know if I can do that. He said, you, you can do it, Joe. Sure, you can do it. And I had a knot in my stomach. I was more fearful than I had ever been in my life. And I told Lou, okay, I'm going to do it. And I hung the phone up. And wouldn't you know, as soon as I hung it up, I heard the door open. And, and the guy has to walk around the counter, and I'm in the office. He's going to come sign in, and I'm like, oh, God, I hope it's a nice guy. And, uh, and the guy turns the corner. His name's Sam. Sam was not a bodybuilder. He's not a powerlifter. He was just up there to, to get into shape, and he was the nicest guy in the club. I never heard him cuss, never heard him say a bad thing about anybody. He was always smiling. So I thought, at least God gave me an easy person. And uh, so I said, Sam, guess what? I accepted Jesus today, and I'm a Christian, and I decided to follow him. And then there's that awkward moment where he didn't say anything, and it probably was just a brief second, but to me it seemed like eternity. And then he says, praise the Lord, Joe, I'm a Christian too. And I'm like, whoa, thanks, Sam. <laughs> now, now, I thought I'm going to tell the next guy. And my workout partner came, and now my workout partner, his name was Joe also. Uh, we call him Joey. He grew up in Mahoney County. He's a Mooney grad. He's an attorney in Youngstown, and we, we were best of friends. I grew up here in Trumbull County. I went to JFK, and then my last year went to Howland. And uh, I thought, I'm going to tell Joe when he comes up. So I said, Joe, come on, come on to my office, Joe. I said, guess what happened? I said, I prayed today, and I accepted Christ, and I made a decision to follow him. And Joe's response was a little different than Sam's. Joe said, what the blankety-blank are you talking about? <laughs> now, last night, I used the first letter of the word, and my, I got home. My wife said, did you say that in church? I said, it just worked. She said, don't say that today. So I, I didn't say the, the actual thing today. Thank God for wives, huh? And, and so I didn't think anything about that. So Joe went crazy on me. He said, don't you talk to me about Jesus. I don't want to hear about this, Jesus. You're going to be crazy like Lou now. I said, Joe, I can't explain it, but it's the most awesome. So we worked out, and guess what? It was the most incredible thing. I understood why Lou wanted me to do it, because something exploded inside me when I went public. It exploded. It was the most amazing thing. And I had this passion in me that, that was unstoppable. Do you know that within a six-month period, there was 20 guys at the gym, Joe included. These were the crazy guys at the gym. 20 of them were in a Bible study once a week with Lou leading it that, that I just got all 20 of them to get. They all went, accepted Christ, and they're all in the Bible study. It's the most amazing thing I had ever watched in my life. And I want to talk to you today about crossing lines. And uh, I want you to walk out remembering this today. There's a line to cross, and the cross is that line. I want to just talk to you about crossing this line called the cross. And 
yes, we pray and we accept Christ, that's important. But it's amazing as you study the Bible, how the Bible, when you really see it, and I didn't see it for a while like I do now. I see it even more clearly now. But in the Bible, as soon as people accepted Christ, they told them, go public. Go public with it. And I know some of you are sitting here right now saying, what, what does that mean, Pastor Joe? What are you saying to us to go public? And here's what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that every place you walk into, you know, if you're a student, I'm not saying every day you go to school, you just say, praise the Lord and tell everybody, I'm a Christian every, every day in school. I'm not saying that. For those of you that, you know, work jobs, your family, I'm not saying that. But, but, but I'm talking about having an attitude. I'm going public. And I, I call it looking for open doors or opportunities. And if you're sitting here and you're a student, let's say you're a junior, and you've gone through three years of high school, and you've, you've never told anyone you're a Christian or shared your faith or invited someone to church, here's what I want you to know. I can guarantee you, you missed a lot of opportunities. You, you, you missed some opportunities, and you missed the opportunity for God to do something incredible in you. And the same for all of us adults. Um, and, and I want you to think about it this weekend when you're with family. Think about that opportunity that God might open up to you as they say something about the crazy world that we live in. The world's so crazy right now. Uh, everybody gives you opportunity every day almost because everybody's a little bit afraid of what's happening all around the world. But I'm sure there's other excuses that are coming up when you think about crossing lines and going public and you might say i'm shy that might be one of the excuses and you might have a ton of other excuses and we're going to talk about a literal line that you will have an opportunity to cross today and all kinds of excuses might hit your mind and i really believe that those excuses may sound good to you but i really believe to god they're not real sound they almost are fake to god god sees right through them and and i think those excuses we make oftentimes they're kind of like this check this video out Hey, Zach. Hey. Thanks for being on the show, man. I appreciate it. Sure. We should hang out soon. I'd like that, yeah. How about tonight? I can't. I, I have a dinner thing tonight, but tomorrow's good. Mmm. Date night with the wife. Friday? Friday, I have to take my fish to the doctor. Oh, uh, no. The vet? It's a shrink. How about Saturday? Saturday. No can do. I'm getting a haircut, then growing it back out again. Mm. Well, how's Monday? I'd love to, but I'm starting a vlog on hummus. Oh, that's cool. Um, how's Tuesday, then? Catching up on Law & Order. Which season? All of them. Never seen the show. Oh, you're gonna have a blast. How about Wednesday, 4 a.m.? I can on Wednesday. I'm braiding my landlord's hair. How about Thursday? I have to ride an elephant Thursday. You have to? Don't ask. Friday? Friday, uh, Friday's, no. Friday, I'm sitting in an empty room, staring at a wall in the dark. Want any company? My dad's gonna be there. Oh, never mind. Maybe this isn't a good month. How's your, uh, Movember? November this, this year is a wash because I've got to clone a bunch of dinosaurs and open a theme park, and mm -hmm. then something terrible goes wrong, and then, you know, I'm going to learn the lessons of being God, so November's no good. How's December? December, I can't. I'm literally Santa Claus. That's you? Yep. Whoa, I didn't know that. How's your 2015? I'm leading an expedition to Mars, but I'll be back in 2020. I think that's good, actually. 2020? Okay, great. Uh, no, 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 no. I'm booked. The whole 20s are just a disaster for me. Okay, why don't we just, like, maybe pencil something in for January 1st, 2030? Sounds great. Okay, have a good one. Bye. <laughs> Those two are comedic geniuses. And uh, I think our excuses we make sometimes sound that way to God. It's like, come on, you, you, you know you can cross the line. And remember I said how... I called Lou, and Lou told me to talk to the first person. He showed me a scripture, and here's the scripture. It's Matthew 10, 32, 33, and this is what he used to convince me. It says, everyone who acknowledges me publicly here on earth, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. 
But everyone who denies me here on earth, I will also deny before my Father in heaven. And that last verse really gets you, doesn't it? And I want to say this to you. In this message, I don't have time to get into deep doctrine, and, and it would take me a series uh, of lessons to do that. But here's what I do want to tell you. The part that we should be concerned about is the first statement that he makes. And he said, whoever acknowledges me publicly here on this earth, that means face to face. He says, I'll acknowledge them in heaven. I know when we accept Christ and we believe, that's how we go to heaven. We can't work our way there. But it's amazing as you study the Bible, how over and over again the Bible talks about people that believe went public with their faith. And I think here in America, I blame us pastors. We're not teaching it enough. And, and if people don't hear, they can't do. And, and I, I want to encourage you as you listen, as excuses might you know, hit your head, I want to encourage you to think about how incredible it is to go public and what can happen in your life when you go public. You know, there's an incredible parallel that's a natural parallel. It has to do with North and South Korea. My son Joseph used this last year in a lesson he did on the student side, and I so liked it I brought it into this lesson. Check this picture out. Uh, what you see here, uh, this is part of the DMZ. It's a 160-mile border between North and South Korea, and they call it the demilitarized zone, but it's the most heavily armed border in, in all the world. And uh, there's a line here. This is the North Korean side, and there's just, there's just a line that they can cross and get into South Korea and be free. But there's no one in South Korea wanting to come over to the North, so the South Koreans don't have to worry about this. But the North Koreans, they have to guard that entire border, and they have it buffed, and they, they have it so those people can't get across. But it's amazing. Most of those people don't even understand what's happening in South Korea. Do you know South Korea? They're free. It's a, it's a capitalistic society. North Korea is communism. They're not free. They don't have freedoms. South Korea is extremely, extremely prosperous. One of the most prosperous nations now on the planet. And my wife and I, Gina, we had the privilege uh, years ago for ministry to go to Seoul, South Korea. And I'm telling you, you think you were in New York City. It's absolutely incredible. And those people are just doing great. But on the other side, North Korea, their leader has convinced them that the South is poor. They're poor over there. It's no fun to be on the South. And you don't want to cross that line to go to the South. And so these people are afraid to cross out of fear. They're afraid to cross because they're blinded. And you know, the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 that we have an enemy and that he has the ability to blind us. It doesn't mean we're bad. We can even be blinded in some areas, have blind spots, even as Christians. And that happens to all of us. Have you ever, uh, when you were driving, tried to change lanes and you didn't see a car that was next to you? Probably in my life I've had it happen twice and it scared the heebie-jeebies out of me because you go to cross over and, and then all of a sudden you hear a beep and then you see a car next to you and someone's sticking fingers up and all kinds of things <laughs> at you and then you feel dorky and dumb. And, and uh, so that's happened to me and it's not that I'm a bad guy. I had a blind spot. Blind spots, uh, they stop us from seeing what reality is and our enemy, the Bible says, blinds us. And, and I think even me, I've been a Christian a long time. I still have some blind spots. God has to open up my eyes. And that's true for all of us. But man, before you meet Jesus, he's trying to lie to you. If you're a young Christian, he's trying to lie to you. And for all of us, he's trying to lie to us. And he's telling us, don't cross 
that line. Don't cross it. You see the two guards, and there's actually three of them, but two are facing each other. They've had problems with their guards because uh, the guards have a little bit more understanding of what's on the other side. And so the guards have actually crossed the line into South Korea. So now they're, they face each other and they're instructed, if one of you tries to get over, shoot them. And they have a third guy in case the two try to get over and, and they'll shoot the ones trying to go over. And I really believe, sometimes we think we're living in a place of freedom, but we're living in a place of darkness. Take a look at this picture. Um, it's just deception. This is uh, Korea, north and south. And you see South Korea, it's lit up, man. Uh, all those lights near the border, that's Seoul. Uh, look at all the lights. Look at all the lights in South Korea. Right above South Korea there, you, you see the DMZ, and then it's dark. There's no lights on. This is just a satellite picture taken at night, any given night. This is not North Korea at war and having to turn the lights out so the bombers can't see. There's, this is a time of peace. They just don't have that many lights, and they don't have the money to keep those lights on. And I just, take a look at how dark it is. But those people don't know how dark it is. There's a story, this is a true story. Um, the, the number one health problem in, in North Korea is blindness. And the blindness is caused by cataracts. They don't have surgeons to remove something as simple as a cataract. So there's an epidemic of blindness from cataracts in North Korea. This Chinese doctor, he must have been a Christian because you know he volunteered his time. He flew to North Korea and he did over a thousand cataract surgeries. So the bandages are on, and uh, the doctor was there and took the bandages off. And do you know those people, when they had the bandages taken off, they could see now? It hadn't, had been a long time since they could see. Now they're seeing clearly. Do you know they didn't thank that doctor? They went to the picture of their leader on the wall. They bowed down and began to thank him for their freedom. Now all of you know that he's actually the one that caused them to have cataracts for all that time. And I really think our enemy is constantly telling us, don't cross that line. Don't cross that line. If you cross it, it's going to mess your life up. And I, I want to tell you, just like if a North Korean crosses the line to the South, their life isn't messed up. They've entered into an incredible life. And that's what God's doing when he asks us to cross the line. And here's the line that I think every Christian has to cross. It's really incredible when you read it in the Bible. I want to read two scriptures to you. Here's the first one. And it reads like this in the book of Mark 16, 15 and 16. Then Jesus said, go into, go into the world, go everywhere, and announce the message of God's good news to one and all. Whoever believes and is baptized is saved. Whoever refuses to believe is damned. And that's believe the message. The message is Jesus died for your sins. God raised them up. Whoever believes in him will be saved. But I want you to notice something. It says whoever believes and is baptized. Now, baptism doesn't save you. And if I could, again, go into doctrine, don't have time, and show you you're saved by believing. But here's what I think is fascinating. They don't separate the two in the Bible. And there's a reason, because water baptism is going public. I mean, in the Bible days, it was really, really going public. And God knows how important it is to go public. It's like Lou knew. Lou, Lou knew. He said, Joe, you need to go public right away. I often wonder, what would have happened in my life if I would have been a secret Christian? What would have happened in my life if I never would have taken a step across the line? Would I have been the person I was? You know what's amazing? About six months after I was a Christian, I was on Glenwood Avenue, the worst part of Glenwood in Youngstown. I was going every Friday night to a place called the Lamb's House, and I was out on the streets telling people about Jesus. That was the same streets that I bought my marijuana at before I was a Christian. And I used to go into those neighborhoods a little bit scared and buy my marijuana. And, uh, and now I'm there sharing Jesus with people. And I often think, would I have been that Joe 
if I didn't cross the line that Lou asked me to cross. Listen to one more scripture. This is incredible. It's Acts 2.41, and it reads like this. And those who believed Peter were baptized, about 3,000 in all. This is the day of Pentecost. Jesus had ascended. He told his 120 disciples, he said, wait in the upper room. The Holy Spirit fell on them. They came out into the streets. People are mocking them, saying, these people are drunk. And then Peter stands up. Peter gives the first good news message. Hey, Jesus died for you, and if you believe in him, he'll save you. And 3,000 people responded. That's pretty cool on that first day. But there were way more that didn't respond that were there mocking. And those 3,000 people, when they responded, isn't it interesting that as soon as they said, we believe, Peter took them to the local water hole and baptized them? I want you to think about how this was and, and understand our culture, we don't understand this. This would be equivalent to going to the Eastwood Mall on, on uh, Black Friday, uh, you know, the Friday after Thanksgiving. Can you, you guys know how packed it is? And, and me water baptizing you in the fountain there. That, that, that's what this would be like. Can you all agree on Black Friday, someone would be there that knows you? Yeah, someone would be there. And so think about it. They're going to the local water hole. This is where the people bring their animals to drink. This is where they're washing the clothes, you know, and, and they're doing all those things. People hung out and congregated at this local water hole. And now Peter, he's that guy. It's kind of like that church. Every community has several that churches, you know. We're, we're that church. That's that church that goes all the way, right? They tell you to accept Jesus and, and love him and get excited about him and, and all that. And, and so now they're going with that preacher, they're going to the local water hole, and he's saying, you, you accepted Christ, now I baptize you in the name of Jesus. You've decided to follow him. He dunks them in the water. They come out. Their hair is a mess. Their clothes are wet. They've got to walk home without hair blowers and, and without redoing their makeup, and their clothes are all wet and, and yucky, and their whole day was hijacked, so to speak. It's amazing when you think about what, what happened. When they were baptized, they went public. Baptism's going public with your faith. And it, isn't it interesting? They didn't have to wait till they got stronger. They just did it right then and right there. And I think God knows something. There's a line to cross, and the cross is that line. He knows something. Something breaks inside of us when we go public. So I want to say a few things to you, uh, and then I want you to see this incredible life-changed video. It's one of the people here that had their life changed here at the church. You'll love it, and then I'll come back up and close. But before I do that, we live in what I would call a post- Christianity era. We grew up in a country where there's Christian churches. Everybody knows what Christianity is. Not everyone in those churches know Jesus. Some people do, but not everyone. Protestant and Catholic, not everybody knows Jesus. But we all know who he is. And many of us, like me, we were water baptized as a baby, so then we meet Jesus and we say, I already did that. I did that when I was a baby. And you know what? It's not wrong to be water baptized as a baby. That's, that's no problem there. But here's what I want you to listen to. Everywhere in the Bible, Everywhere. You can't find any place in the New Testament where when they believed, they weren't water baptized immediately. And it's not just something on your to-do list. Oh, I got that. Uh, did, did that when I was a baby. Yeah, that one's done. No, no. It's something you do after you believe. It's an after you believe thing. And it's a public declaration. I believe in Jesus. I love Jesus. And think about it. When you make that stand, just like at that water hole, somebody knew them and someone went back and told their family, they're, they're with the crazy people now. Whatever it was, someone went back and told their family, they're no longer a Jew. They're no longer part of the synagogue. 
they, 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 they went with that Peter guy, and he's connected to that Jesus guy that they say was raised from the dead, but we think they stole his body. We don't really believe he was, and, and all that stuff is going on. And they're saying, you know what, I'm all wet because I went in, and I came out, and I love Jesus. And I want to challenge some of you that are in here today that were baptized as a baby, but you're currently a Christian. I want to challenge you today. I want to challenge you to cross the line because next week we're going to do a water baptism. I'll tell you a little bit about that in a moment. And there are others in here. Today's going to be the day you cross this line. You're going to do what they did in the Bible. You're going to believe and cross it all in the same day. And we're really, really excited for you. I'll be back up, but enjoy this video. My name is David Taylor. I am 42 years old. I am married to my wife, Jennifer. I have four children, and I am the owner of TaylorMade LLC. I was born at Trumbull Memorial Hospital right here in Warren, Ohio. I grew up in a house where church was a big part of our life. Uh, we loved the Lord, you know, and so forth. In fact, my dad uh, thought it necessary to put us into a Christian school. Being in a home where we went to church, some experiences were very good, some were not so good. There were some people in my life, influential, uh, that had told me, you're so bad, you're going to hell. I figured if I'm going to hell, I might as well go blazing. After I made that decision, I chose to drink more beer, do more drugs, and be destructive to myself and anyone around me. Smoked my first time when I was like 10 years old, you know, and I smoked all the way through high school. Uh, coke, acid, all of it. I definitely created a tremendous amount of trouble for my teachers all through school. I moved out of my house when I was 15 years old. I didn't even graduate from school yet. You know, I drove myself to school, finished school and everything, and my parents were great, but uh, I wasn't gonna listen to what my dad said. You know, I was rebellious. Man, nobody's gonna tell me what to do, period. So my last school that I went to was Joint Vocational School. I graduated from there. I uh, chose to join Navy, Navy Seabees. Uh, it's a construction battalion, and I did very well in the Navy, but uh, drugs was a big part of my life, and they kicked me out for it. Uh, so I, again, kind of felt life was over at that moment. I come home, and I have to own up to everyone around me. I'm supposed to be proud to serve my country, and, and I just got kicked out. So here I am, 19, 20 years old, and I feel worthless. I can't accomplish, can't finish, so I, I decided to spend a lot of time in the bar. Uh, that's where my fun was. And while having that fun, I met my wife, Jennifer, at the Holiday Bar right here in Warren, Ohio. Uh, it's been 18 years since. After I got married, I realized that now I have a wife, four kids, my responsibilities, my finances, uh, all that is on my head, it's on my shoulders. Uh, but there was still something missing, but something that I wanted another friend to be there for me uh, in, a, in, a, in my destructive, misfit kind of way. And I joined a bike club. I was told, we're gonna turn you into not only a biker, but a clubber. Being a clubber is your wife is property. It means you do with her as you please and you do with everybody else as you please. So there was times I was unfaithful to my wife, even though I knew better. Just by being a part of this club, there's an inherent danger. Not everyone gets along. Not everyone uh, sees things the same way. There's like a turf 
war type thing. Different clubs don't get along with other clubs. Uh, for the most part, things are pretty decent. Uh, but being in the bar one night, the powerhouse bar, uh, I was on the other end of a, of a situation where I got shot twice. I got hit once here and once here. That still didn't do it for me. I come out as soon as I was able, I went right straight back to drinking beer again. After almost five years of being a member in the club, through a set of certain circumstances, I found myself no longer able to be a part of the club. So one night, intoxicated, I uh, met a good friend of mine, Tommy Nealon, who invited me back to church. And I thought, man, there's no way, no way I, I can't go back to church. Uh, I'm not worthy enough to be in church. Uh, I've done too much wrong. Nobody wants me there. Uh, that's, that's not my place. And um, he assured me that it was and was persistent about it. That very Sunday, I find myself back in church for the first time in seven years. Very mixed feelings. Uh, everything that I had been taught from when I was a kid to everything I had just went through over the last 15 or 20 years. People greeted me. Uh, it was very much unlike what I thought it was gonna be again. You know, pounding down, down my throat, this or that. Uh, I even had my hat on, all my Harley gear. Uh, rode my motorcycle. I refused to come in without a bit of an attitude, but uh, all that changed pretty quick. I was bawling, I cried. And for a, a man like that, to come, like me, to come out of a club where everything was so hard, uh, I found myself sobbing, you know, pouring out of my heart. I can't believe I've made this big of a mis mistake to have not come sooner see a church willing to accept me and a God willing to have me. Everything in my entire life has just been turned upside down. What once was a wrecked marriage is, is starting. Uh, I'm in love with my life again. Uh, my, my relationship with my kids is back intact. Uh, I have a purpose. I don't feel unworthy anymore. After being in a position leading people in the wrong direction for so long. Now in just five months, lives are being changed around me and God using me to bring people back to Him. Honestly, that's like one of the callings I have now is reaching the people. I mean, I'm, I mean, you call brotherhood, brotherhood, I'm coming to get you if I don't see you in church. If I have to grab you by the shirt collar, if you're laying here drunk, I'm gonna pick you up. And if we're gonna, not gonna do church, on Shinley Avenue, we're gonna do it in your front yard, whatever it takes, because man, we're going to heaven together. I'm not leaving no brother behind. I was baptized as a child, but it didn't mean anything to me. It had no value. I don't even remember it. I wanna do it now as a statement of my faith that I believe in Jesus and that he is going to be number one that now you are the head of my life and not me. So if you're hearing this right now and you're thinking this is speaking directly to you, it's because it is. This is your moment. Don't miss this chance. Step out in faith and do this. I promise you, you won't regret it.
I'd like to ask David to come up, stand with me uh, at this time, and let's give it up for him one more time as he comes up. David, thank you, man. Appreciate you. Appreciate you, man. I appreciate David's transparency. I appreciate what God's done in his life. And he's like me. He's not, God's not finished with him yet. But it's awesome to see he's crossed that line and he's going to cross that line next weekend. At this moment, I want to just pray. Can we bow our heads, close our eyes, pray for a moment? If you're here right now and you say, Pastor Joe, I'm not even sure if I'm a Christian. I want to address you and I want to talk to you for a moment. Listen very carefully. I'm not asking you to join our church. I'm not asking you if you're a member of another church. I'm not asking you if you were water baptized as a baby. Here's what I'm asking you. Can you remember a moment in your life when you made it real with Jesus and you said, you know what, Jesus? I believe you're God's son and I make a decision today to follow you. If you're here and you say, I can't, I can't remember that day, but I'm ready today to do it, I'd like you to pray with me. I'd like you right now to say, Pastor Joe, I'm going to do what you do when you, when you watch TV. I'm going to give my heart to Jesus right now. Everyone else in the room, if you've already prayed, I want you to just pray with me. So heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Just say this after me. Say, Lord God, I realize I'm a sinner. I repent for all my sins. And this day, I make a decision to follow Jesus. Jesus, I believe in you. Thanks for saving my soul. Amen. Church, can we take a moment and celebrate with heaven, man? We're so thankful. Congratulations to each and every one of you. Now, I want you to, I want you to listen really closely, and this is why I asked Dave to come up. Um, Dave's going to cross the line next week and be water baptized, and, and, and I want you to listen real carefully. Those of you that just prayed, this is a remarkable Sunday because you can actually do what they did in the Bible. You can cross the line this week, and, and, and here's how you're going to do it. Next weekend, we're water baptizing. We already had 83 people. You know how the last three weeks... We've been saying, hey, anybody that wants to be water baptized, you can sign up. Before, before last night, before we had our first Easter service, we had 83 people that signed up to be water baptized next week. Some of them are in this service today. They're going to stand up in a moment. They're going to cross the line in this service too. And it's amazing what's happened in each service. But for those of you that just prayed, uh, I want to ask you in just a moment, I want to ask you to stand. I want to ask you to come up. But also I want to address some others that are in this room again. Maybe you were water baptized as a baby. Maybe you've been a Christian for a long time. You might be on our staff, you know, or you, you may be uh, one of our volunteers and you say, you know what, Pastor Joe, I just, I never went public with it. Maybe you were baptized as a kid, not even a baby, but you say, I, I want to go public. I mean, God's spoken to hearts. There's many of you, you, you say, man, I know that's me today, Pastor Joe. So I'm going to ask Dave to go down. Guys, turn the line on for us. They're going to illuminate the line. The line goes across the whole front here. Dave's coming down. Dave's going to go over first in just a moment. And here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to count to three, all right? When I count to three, if you're here and you say, Pastor Joe, I'm ready to cross that line. Maybe you just prayed. Maybe you're saying, I need to be water baptized next week. And there might be one of you in this room or two. Say, Pastor Joe, I want to cross so bad, but next week I'm out of town. Cross the line anyway. We'll sign you up for our next water baptism. Don't let this moment pass. Don't let any Jimmy, don't let any Zach excuses uh, you, you know, to God, God's just up there saying, come on, stand up, cross the line, make a decision to go public with Jesus. Now, I want to say one more thing. There might be some of you here 
you brought somebody and you know they need to cross the line, but maybe they're a little afraid, maybe they have a little fear. If you brought someone and you, and you know they need to cross the line, whisper in their ear and say, hey, I'll walk up with you. I'll walk up with you. I'll cross that line with you and, and tell them when he's ready, I'll cross the line. Now, this is going to take us a few minutes because we packed this place with as many chairs as we could, can. Those of you that come regularly, which is the majority of you, the aisles are much closer together. So you, you might have thought you ate bad this week and put some weight on, but the aisles are just, so it's going to take people, help people get, get, help people get out of the aisles. If someone wants to get out that's in the middle, help them out as they want to get out. So I'm going to begin to count. You ready? I'm going to count to three. On three, we're going to stand up. Dave's going to lead us across that line. And here we go. One. Guys, come on now. No excuses. Don't let any excuse hit your mind. Two. It's time to just say, I'm going public with my faith. I accepted Christ. I love Jesus. I'm crossing the line. I'm going to be water baptized now as an adult. Are you ready? Here goes. Three, guys. And everybody in this room says, I'm going to be water baptized. Why don't you stand up? Thank you for listening to the BC Podcast. Follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram to stay updated, inspired, and encouraged.